are live, my friends. Thank you to those that are in. I am delighting in my Turkish delight, even though Jerry's been talking nothing but shit. We are also, we are thrilled to welcome in a special guest from the Italian Football Podcast. It's been way too long since we've spoken with our good friend Carlo Garganese. He's, uh, you, you can't see his face because uh, he's, he's a corporate time-stealing weasel. He's on the, the corporate computer. So we're, we're going to have about, we're going to steal about 10, 15 minutes of Carlo's time. And then he's got to write about the next round of games. So, Carlo, without further ado, thank you so much so much for joining us, my friend. How are you? Yeah, yeah, doing good. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be on here. Sorry you can't see me. Um, but you, you can see Jerry. That's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the most with important his, thing. With his Lazio shirt, yeah. Yeah, oh, so, you know, so Car Car Carlo, before uh, before Jerry and I, you know, talk too much, uh, I want to get your take on a couple things before we let you get back to work. Um, Inter signing Hakan Chalhanolu. Uh, now, obviously, I, I don't necessarily know if this happens, if not for what happened to Christian Eriksen and, you know, the uncertainty as to whether or not he can play again, let alone play in Serie A again. So, you know, keeping that in mind that I think Inter did feel pressure to make a move and, and find a move to make on a free transfer. How should Interisti feel about this move for Chalhanolu? Well, for, for Aminsa's point of view, it's, I think it's a decent signing because, unfortunately, you know, it's, it, it doesn't look like... I mean, it's not important, but it doesn't look like Christian Eriksen will, will play again for, for Inter. So, certainly, I would say this year and then, you know, who knows? I mean, it doesn't really matter. The most important thing is his health. But, you know, it looks, it, it seems to me whether th that this is a sign-in probably to fill the, the place of, of Christian Eriksen in, in the side, unfortunately. And in that sense, you know, for a team that, you know, we know Inter have some financial issues they can't really afford to, to go out and spend big money uh, you know it's okay a free transfer is not is not you know it's still you still got a reasonable salary there and we don't know what commission there is but you know you're not paying a transfer fee for somebody who had good numbers you know has had great numbers for the last 18 months i mean he did the second half of last season had a terrible euros but, but you know this is somebody that you know scores a lot of goals creates a lot of goals good at set pieces and you know you can't really go wrong on a free transfer carlo how should uh milanisti feel <laughs> now i know that uh I, I i certainly the sense that i get is they're they're not that upset about losing hakan but how should they feel about losing him on a free because there, there is certainly a narrative of you know having lost on Naruma for no transfer fee and now having lost hakan chalanoglu no transfer fee so how do you think milanisti should feel from their point of view yeah it's no you're right you're, you're absolutely right all, all the milan fans that that i know don't seem to be as upset as you you kind of expect them would that they would be to lose a first team player to to their you know their bitter rivals uh and you know he's he's somebody that does divide the critics at milan he's he is in, inconsistent uh has been his old career the only time he actually had some consistency was um, in, in 2020, um, where he was fantastic uh, in 2020, especially after the lockdown. Uh, maybe the best player in Serie A, is the argument to say, during the calendar year of 2020. But then after, you know, 20, in 2021, he, he has had a big dip and we, we, he didn't end the season very well. And he's had a, a terrible Euros along with all the Turkey team. So in that sense, you know, maybe Milan fans are looking at it as, well, he's not worth 
the money of of meeting his his financial demands of a new salary. So they feel like you know, let's let him go, and um, you know, good riddance to him. Um, but I still think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Milan losing two key first team players for nothing, not getting any money back on them. Uh, and you know, on our own podcast earlier, Nima was was mentioned a couple of others, Pessina, who was who that who Milan let go, and Locatelli as well. You know, two players who are starring in the Euros who they let go. Uh, too soon, and you're thinking, you know, Milan, Milan's recent record of letting players go um, hasn't been good. So from that from that point of view, although I, I think the Milan project is 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 a good one, and I, I do feel like they've got the right people in place to replace Donnarumma and to replace Chalanoglu. From a financial point of view, yeah, it's um, not getting any money, not getting a fee is, is is definitely a big blow and hard. It's hard to take that, I think. Now, the next question I'll ask you, I'll also uh, ask a similar question to Jerry, since he is the uh, our Simone Inzaghi expert. But for, <laughs> first with you, Carlo, um, how, how could you see Hakan fitting in with a 3-5-2? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's a good question because the 3-5-2 is very different to a 4-2-3-1 um, because... You know, I know some people will say, well, it's, it's not much difference because in a, in a 4 2 3 one you're playing in the hole as an attacking midfielder, whereas in a 3 5 2 you kind of could be the, the, the most advanced of the three central midfielders and, and kind of fill in a similar role. But I think with a 4 2 3 one you've got a higher start. Generally, you've got a higher starting position. Um, so I don't know if he's going to be, uh, be able to adapt to it as, as well. Um, Jerry's probably the best guy to answer that because he will know exactly positionally where Luis Alberto. I mean, let's let's pretend that he's going to play the Luis Alberto role for for Inter, um, you know. But also at the same time, um, we've also seen Inzaghi use a three-five-one-one, and I still think there's a good possibility that Lautaro could be sold this summer, and they go to a three-five-one-one. In which case, Chalanoglu could be quite well suited playing the role in behind Lukaku, which is, I think, where Ericsson maybe was potentially could have played very well as well, if, you know, unfortunately what, what's happened. So maybe maybe they're looking at, they're looking at it, that he gives, he gives them that, um, uh, you know, the chance for a bit of tactical variation. But uh, can he play in the three-man centre midfield? Um, he maybe might need to uh, improve tactically, a little bit like Ericsson did, you know, um, when he first came and then he, he he kind of adapted to what Conte was asking for. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I think the jury's a little still a little bit out on that one. Gary, what do you think about the idea of him filling a, uh, at least trying to fill a Luis Alberto type of role? I agree with, uh, with Carlo, actually. That's what I was thinking the first minute that he had joined Inter, is that he will play on the left side behind uh, Lukaku. And he's going to create that kind of tandem that Immobile and Alberto have basically established in the last four or five seasons in the 3-5-2. Kind of similar player, maybe Carlo would agree, that his ability to to get passes in behind the defense, that creativity, and I think that that's what's going to happen here. Lukaku likes to play in behind the defense. He likes to make those runs. Um, I was reading that he doesn't prefer to have that hold-up play. He doesn't like holding up with the defense. So I think this can really work well to benefit the way he plays with uh, with Inter. And Inzaghi, 
if if he is on board with Hakan joining, I think that this is the kind of player he he knows that he can get that is similar to Alberto. In order to get Alberto, it will be impossible because Latito is yeah. not going to want to sell him. So I think Hakan is probably the second best option on a free. Just I just think the wages are ludicrous considering what they're – their situation is right now six million is a lot of money for him and i know that he had the most passes completed in uh, like 95 in all competition but i don't look at one stat in order to to justify the kind of player he is yes he has scored and he has given assists but i just don't think he's i think he's an overrated player personally but if there's one thing inzaghi can do he can get the best out of players now I want to I want to circle back to Hakan when Nima jumps in, but I, I want to ask one more thing to Carlo, if I may, before Carlo has to run uh, on the Azzurri, because Carlo, I know you've of course been covering these Euros, been covering the Italian national team, as Jerry and I have both been watching intently. They get through the group stage, not the most difficult of groups, but uh, plus seven in goal differential, zero goals conceded, as smooth sailing as we could have possibly expected. Has this group stage and the way the Azzurri have played, has that changed your expectation for this team? And how far do you think Italy can go? A little bit, yeah. Because I, I said before the tournament, and I've been saying for the best part of the year, that I think Italy will have a good tournament, a very good tournament. I think that the quarterfinal or semifinal, I said, you know, I was saying before the tournament, that the quarterfinal, the semifinal was was very, very doable. Um but I thought that maybe Italy don't have the world-class attack that, say, France have, for example. Um, maybe that might see Italy go a little bit, fall a little bit short. But you know, having having said that, having seen Italy in the group stages, they've scored the mo more goals than anybody else. Uh, Belgium might might overtake them tonight. They haven't conceded any goals. I think as a team, as an actual team, they've been the best team so far. Uh, they play as a unit. They move as a unit. They they attack and defend as one. There's a great team spirit, great togetherness. Mancini's used 25 of his 26 players already. Everybody feels involved and part of it. Their their fitness levels, their energy, their pressing has been unbelievable. Uh, if they can keep that up, then you really have to beat them because they will run and run and run and run, um, and that's great. Um, and we've seen some other teams looking quite tired. So, I mean, really, we couldn't have asked for anything more from Italy so far. And from, from that, in that sense, um, I think that, yeah, wh why not? Why can't they go far? Um, the attack is scoring. Um, I think that, you know, Immobile has done well, although a bit like Pelotti yesterday, I think he needs to improve his, his, bit, uh, his uh, he needs to be a bit more clinical because, you know, there's still kind of one goal in every three or four chances. We want to get that down to one in two um, if Italy are going to win the tournament because you're going to get less chances against the big teams later on. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're looking fantastic. We're looking fantastic. And I would say that really, apart from Holland, I don't think there's been any other team that's played more than one good game so far. You know, France looked great in their first game, but then they dipped against Hungary. Germany were poor in their first game, but then looked brilliant against Portugal in their second game. Italy have been consistent so far. Um, but, and just one final point, I would, one thing I would say, though, is, you know, tournament football, it changes when you get into the knockout stages, when the pressure is on, when, um, 
you know, it's in or out. And, and also the dynamic of the fact that, you know, Italy and also Holland but, and also Germany, you know, played all their group games at home with the home crowd behind them. Uh, it's, they're basically home games. Yeah. Now they're good. Now it's going to be neutral generally for, for, I think, except for England. Everybody's going to be playing on neutral territory for the rest of the, the tournament. Pretty. By the, by the way, have you had any luck getting uh, tickets for the game against Austria? I saw you asking about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I've got some. Yeah, so I'll be going. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I managed to get some because I actually had some already. I had tickets for for Italy's second round, quarterfinal, and semi-final game. Um, I had them since the beginning of last year, uh, and um, but then because of coronavirus, uh, UEFA had to reduce the capacity of all the stadiums, and oh. I, I I lost the. They took my tickets off me, and I was gutted because I got them for a really good price as well. Um, so now I've I've like I paid a bit over the odds for for the game on. Um, for the game on on Saturday, but uh, you know, you know, it's uh, it won't happen again for a while. So you know, it will be good. Be, hopefully, we, we I can watch uh, Italy get a good win and and move on to the quarters. Well, you watch great. fucking Chido Immobile score a goal. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> yeah, to God's ears. If Immobile scores, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a live picture from the stadium doing the Jerry finger with Immobile. <laughs> <laughs> well, Car Carlo, I, I know you're you're covering uh, the next game, so we'll, we'll let yeah. you run. We appreciate your time, and you leave us in good hands because we're going to be joined in a second by Nima, yeah. also from the Italian Football Podcast. So thank you so yeah. much, Carlo, and Brilliant. enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, thanks, guys, and um, yeah, enjoy Nima going on about Chalanoglu and and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, that, that was an accurate prediction because, of course, we're going to get into that. We welcome in Nima Cavale Ruzzeri, also <laughs> uh, from the Italian yeah. Football Podcast and from SempreInter.com. You know, Nima, a, a whirlwind uh, last 24 hours. You know, I, I was doing a, uh, a recording okay. yesterday afternoon about the possibility of Hakan being offered to enter. And then within a few hours of that, things escalated and, and he is... He is on the way, uh, and, and as I, I prefaced it with Carlo the same way, um, I, I certainly don't know or expect that this would have happened if not for you know the horrific thing that happened to Christian Eriksen and his very uncertain future. I, I would certainly not expect him to play this season, maybe never for Inter and never in Italy again because of the procedure uh, and the ICD that he had implanted uh, in his chest uh but so you know inter they they, they needed to to fill a void um do you think that they addressed this situation the right way by signing hakan chalhanoglu look i um i think your analysis is spot on uh i think what you said about him uh the reason that he was um i mean the reason that they signed uh chalhanoglu is is undoubtedly because of what happened to, uh, to to Christian Eriksen, there's there's no doubt about that. And then what what Inter did was simply look at the look at the whole situation. So you you know Eriksen makes something like seven to nine million euros net. So they, they they that was still a big thing for them. They needed to to slash that by 20, 30 percent anyway. Their overall wage budget. So they're they're thinking, okay, well, we got a guy here who was 27 years old, just turned in February, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, turns 27 years old. He's two, three years younger than Christian Eriksen. He has played four years in the league, so there's no, you know, there's no, um, no, 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 no time needed for him to 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 get adapted to the league. He's uh, a player who. Who's obviously not as good as Christian Eriksen, but he costs four, five, four, five, six million net, which is three, four million net 
less per season. Um, that, that it just ticked all the boxes. Um, obviously, there's no discussion that Christian Eriksen is a much much better football player than Hakan Chalanoglu. There's no discussion there. But if the, in the situation Inter were in, and given that they had a coach uh, who was all in favor of um, of this deal as well, then um, you know the, 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 there was really not much to talk about. You know, it's just, you know, this has been, you know, the last thing, I mean, with all due respect to Chris, you know, this isn't about him and his health. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it is a sad situation what happened to him and it was the last thing that anyone ever wants, but it certainly was the last thing that Inter needed uh, yeah. given what, what happened, what's going on with them financially. And all of a sudden they found themselves in a situation where, you know they 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 were one man short and and you know after Simone Inzaghi was so excited about using Christian Eriksen in in that uh, in his system and um, it's um, it's 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 not been it's been you know I mean I think this is the ideal solution of a sh of the of out of the, all the bad uh, choices and 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 you know things that could have happened this was the best thing that could have happened. Out of all the worst uh, options, and it is what it is. I mean, Hakan Chalanoglu is 27 years old. I don't think he's peaked. I think he's on his way to peaking. Um, I think he's a player who suits Simone Inzaghi really well. Uh, he's a player that Simone Inzaghi wanted. I don't, you know, I. It's it is what it is. I mean, obviously, I would I would have loved to 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 keep Christian Eriksen forever because I think he's a yeah. fantastic player. But, but the thing with Eriksen is also this, that even if he does come back to, um, even if he does come back to playing football, which we all hope he does, he, you know, in an ideal solution, if he starts playing football, even, even again for Inter in Italy, even if all of those things that we all hope happens, happens, the earliest that can happen is in January. That's half the season gone already. And Inter can't find themselves in a situation like that, so they needed to act. And given what happened to Christian Eriksen, and given the, the circumstances surrounding his absence, most of those wages will be covered by FIFA via insurance payments. So Inter had to look to the future. It's as simple as that. I mean, if we find ourselves in a situation in January, I mean, if all the good things that we all hope for happens, and Christian Eriksen is, is back on his feet, he's allowed to play again in Italy, blah, 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 blah. Well, then then he's a new signing in January for Inter then. Yeah, it's very well said because uh, Jerry, yeah, I fully admit, like Nima said, it, it's obvious Hakan is not the player Christian Eriksen is when healthy. Uh, and I, I don't think that this even happens if not for an act of God and the awful, awful thing that happened to Eriksen. Uh, this is the reality of the situation that Inter were able to get a replacement who does have four years experience playing in Serie A. They were able to get him without a transfer fee. But like you've pointed out, Jerry, the wages are certainly not cheap. So, uh, and, and, and I love, by the way, Jerry, you have managed to masterfully upset some Interisti and some Milanisti today with your tweets. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 beautiful, beautiful stuff. But uh, what do you think of, before we get to the Milan perspective where they've now seen a couple of players, uh, you know, who were pretty important uh, to the project last year leave on free transfers, Jerry, your thought on the Inter side of it? Because again, I mean, I, I don't think that they make a move 
for Hakan, if not for what happened to Ericsson. But do, do, do you dislike this move from Inter, or do you think they did what they had to do here? It's a free transfer. At the end of the day, you're not spending $25 million or you're not spending $60 million to get Luis Alberto. That's what you have to look at here. You're not spending a significant amount of money that you don't have to buy him. You're getting him for $5 million plus add-ons. We don't know if he'll even get the add-ons, if he meets those requirements or not. So we don't even know what that is. So let's just be realistic right now. He's actually making $5 million per season. And then after that, I I don't like him personally. I don't like him as a player because every time I watch him with Milan, he just there's one good game he shows up, and then there's three bad games where he needs to show up and he doesn't. Specifically, the second last game of the season versus uh, Cagliari, he was in, invisible, like not to be seen. Euros, big games, doesn't show up. Like this is the problem with this guy is he never shows up in the in the most important games. One thing I will say, and I'll continue to say, is that Inzaghi can turn careers around. And when I say that, it doesn't mean that he's a bad player and all of a sudden he needs someone to save him. It, he can bring him to another level. He did it with Alberto. He did it with Immobile. And he look at Savage. Savage is playing at a, at a much higher level now because of Inzaghi. Um Manuel Lazzari playing very well as a wing back. Like the, look, he converted Marisic from a wing back to a center back and flourished magnificently in the back end. He he created a tandem between Alberto and Immobile, like I said earlier, and they're probably one of the best duels in football, aside from maybe up front with Lataro and uh, Lukaku. So if there's one strength of Inzaghi, he knows how to get the best out of players. And this has to be an Inzaghi signing as well. I don't think he'd be against having Hakan. And he probably knows that um, having a guy like Hakan is probably similar to a guy like Luis Alberto, and he can use him to similar strengths. So... For me, I think I think I think I agree with everything you just said there. I think the reason, the, the only reason that... The way I look at it is this, that, look, Luis Alberto is a far better player than Hakan Chalanoglu. That's my that's my personal opinion. But let's remember that Luis Alberto was not the player he is today when he arrived at Lazio. Same, again, what you said about uh, Marusic, Milinkovic-Savic, Immobile, all the Korea, etc., etc., etc. That's what Inzaghi does. He improves players. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets the best out of them. He builds a system where they thrive and he gets the best out of them. I have no doubts that he will do that with Hakan Chalanoglu as well. How well that is, how good that will go, God knows. I mean, look, Chalanoglu has had what we do know is that the last 18 months, Chalanoglu has been phenomenal for Milan yeah. overall. There's no doubt about that. So his star is rising. It took him, I think he's the kind of player who needs a couple of years to get adapt, adapted to, to the league and environment. I don't think he'll need that time at Inkton. I think there's no, what's it, you know, Zag is going to, fix this within you know uh, i think he's going to hit the ground running because of inzaghi so so i, I agree with you 100 percent there jerry i think with, with the, the luis alberto comparison yes they do play a little bit from the left they do have similar traits they are different players i think Al- luis alberto is far superior technically uh and in terms of creativity and vision hakan's a much more direct player and it's quite clear for me based on how i mean i'm 
everyone who's ever followed, you know, followed me knows how much I love Simone Inzaghi and have since for four years since he took over Lazio. He's a much more direct coach uh, in his in his approach tactically, and I think Chalanoglu. The reason why I think he jumped at that chance is because it allows him to play more direct. Inter will be a much more direct team under Simone Inzaghi than they were under the 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 genius ideologue of Antonio Conte, who, who and his calcio verticale. Uh, who it was, a, you know, it was it was, it was fantastic football. It's probably the best football I've ever seen Inter play in my lifetime, if I'm yep. perfectly honest. Um, that was, you know, th- that's that's they're completely different coaches, but um, Inter are going to be a much more direct team. They already know how to counter attack, um, and 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 I think Inter are going to hurt a lot of teams. And I mean, again, Chalanoglu, to, you know, er- Ericsson, we don't know what's going to happen, so I can't even count on him until at least January. I don't think we'll know anything about his future until January earliest. Um, so I don't even count at that. The rest is okay. So no one wants to buy Lautaro. A lot of people want to buy Hakimi. I would. Everyone would prefer to sell Lautaro over Hakimi. Yes. But 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 it but it, but it's not going to happen. And you know we can't blame them too much because at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a buyer's market as much as it, it's a seller's market sometimes. Yeah. And there's nobody here that wants to buy him. So what are you going to do? You got to you got to cash in. You're in the situation you are. So you know, it is what it is. Real quick, Jerry, sorry. I, I want to pick up on that point Nima just made because I, uh, I I try and spread that message, something he just said every single day when I talk to Interisti on Twitter and in person because they're always saying what Nima just said. Wait, how come we're selling Hakimi and we're not selling Lautaro Martinez? And the answer is very simple. You are getting concrete offers for Hakimi that you're not getting from Lautaro. You can't go back to last year and say, hey, remember that time Barcelona <laughs> may have been agreeing to 111 million euro valuation, and then they weren't even offering that. They were offering you a couple of shit players at inflated valuations plus 40 million cash. Now no one's giving you a 90, 100 million offer for Lautaro, but you are getting offers that could be you know, in the 70 million range, 60 to 70 million range, and you're trying to get more than that. For Hakimi, you're not getting those from Lautaro. So it's very simple. Like you said, Nima, buyer's market and Inter need to sell. So they they, they are in a situation where they cannot keep the, the entire squad intact from last year. I know that's something Antonio Conte wanted, but they couldn't deliver on that. We can't keep the entire squad intact. We have to make a sacrifice. And I'm sure it's not a tactical decision. I'm sure that they didn't sit down with Simone Anzaghi and say, hey, how you know, you know we have this 22-year-old generational right wing back why don't we get rid of this guy? No, I'm sure it wasn't a tactical decision. It's, hey, we have to sacrifice somebody. This is the guy we're getting offers for. So very well said. Go ahead, Jerry. I also want to say that he'll be playing in a better midfield as well. Like he'll be complimented by better players. So that that is another exactly. thing. People are, that's Thank another you. thing. Thank you. I'm so, so, so glad you brought that up. That was yeah. exactly going to be my next point. Look, Hakan Chalanoglu, Inter aren't building their team around Hakan Chalanoglu. They're building, he's coming to a team of a midfield where Brozovic, Sensi, Barella are already there. Um, he's going to have Lukaku and Lautaro to play off of. So he's coming to an already kind of a set table um, where he's going to be one of the, the spices to the stew. If you know what I mean, that that Simone Inzaghi's cooking, he's not going to be the main course. He's just one of the spices. The main course is Lukaku, it's Pastoni, it's Barella. You know, 
<laughs> I, I don't agree with that. I actually don't agree with that. I, I think well, 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 actually, let me read the comment real quick for those just listening to the audio. Uh, my buddy Brooklyn Rob, who for the, for those watching, you see he's a, a Juventino. He says, "Enjoy your one year at the top. Won't see the Scudetto again for another five years." Do you, do you think? Uh, it, uh, I, I don't no know agree. if he's wrong, Gary. Do you think he's wrong? I I think he's wrong. I you guys don't. Everybody underestimates Simone Inzaghi. Uh, exactly. I, am I the other than Nima, am I the only guy who rates this guy as a great manager? I don't blind my Lazio love because he left you the Nando. club. You, you and our buddy Nando. I fucking maybe. love him. Yeah. I've, I've rated him through poor and good. People don't understand. Like, when it's bad, it's not bad because of him. It's bad because our team is so shit. We have nobody to call off the bench. I think people forget that, man. This guy worked miracle. I was writing an article about him today for – uh, Serpens in uh, Mandarina, and I was writing why this is a good signing. Other than the fact that he does a three-five-two, this guy performed miracles with no depth. This guy has a team now where he can call players off the bench and rely on a plan B, a plan C. He never had that in his life, so you're gonna see a whole different ball game where he is going to be more tactically minded. He is going to consider rotating guys when he has to. I don't think he'll be as stubborn as Conte. I think he will go to his, his deck of cards and say, hey, no, no, I no. will bring the player. No, he's not stubborn at all. He's, I mean, Conte, Conte was stubborn. This guy is much more pragmatic. I think he showed that at Lazio, how pragmatic he is. Um, and I and I mean I I wrote I I don't know if I, I sent it to you but I wrote a piece three and a half years ago in 2017 autumn for the now defunct Calcio Mercato English site were na- literally named Lazio Simone Inzaghi is the next Italian super coach after Antonio Conte that was three and a half years ago um, and 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 I've <laughs> this is my firm belief he is the next Italian super coach. He is so tactically skilled and drilled. He's so careful and meticulous. He's not a he's not a tactical genius like Antonio Conte, but neither is Carlo Ancelotti, neither was Fabio Capello. Arigosaki was the tactical yes. visionary and the genius, you know. You don't need to be a tactical genius, um, but uh, in order to win titles and hoard titles, Jose Mourinho is not a tactical genius. He's just a very well-prepared a coach uh, who who prepares meticulously and knows his job. Uh, do, do you know what I mean? So so it's not like, you know, for me, Simone Inzaghi is the next Italian super coach, and I'm so happy that he's going to Inter to prove it. And and above all, I mean, if he were to win something with Inter next season, uh, if he were to repeat winning the Scudetto this season, I mean, you know, that that's the beginning of his fantastic career. I just hope that they keep Federico Di Marco, that they... I mean, I don't think anyone is coming in for Valentino Lazaro, so it is, that is it is what it is. Uh, I hope they don't extend the contract with Alexander Kolarov, even if it's at half half his wages, which is being rumored now widely. I don't want any um, part of that. Yeah, I don't want any part of that as well. I hope he goes to Bologna or to 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 his friend Sinisa Mihailovic. Um, they're great friends. So um, no, it's it's. I I mean I think if with Chalanoglu in and Ericsson not being on the books for at least for six seven months, that, that's a that's a, that's the best situation you could have hoped for given this situation. Now for the rest, I'm I'm hoping Inter. I don't know what to believe because I, I see credible reports saying that Inter are negotiating with Chelsea for Marcos Alonso and sixty seventy million uh, for Hakimi. That's you know, okay, Marcos Alonso. I would have preferred him under Antonio Conte. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm getting with with uh, with um, 
with Simon Inzaghi. Um, I still think that I'd rather strengthen the right-hand side. I'd rather take sell for 80, 90 million and go to to Lazio and, 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 and take Lazzari. I'd rather do that, cash in on that. And especially with Sarri at Lazio, I don't see how Lazzari fits into Sarri's system unless you want to place Lazzari as a winger, which I know Maurizio Sarri does not want to do. Um, so, so that I mean, that would be a solution. I pre- I prefer that solution, but you know, it, it is it's 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 going to be a very interesting mercato. I, I I think one thing is for certain that Inter will not let anyone leave unless they're happy with the bid. Yeah. That's for mm-hmm. sure. That's Suning. That's Suning. That's just how they operate. Um, and I think even if they bring in someone to the left, I hope you know, given that Perisic only has one year left on his contract and he has a big salary. That's a guy that I think they will be looking to sacrifice together with João Mario and, and Raja Nainggolan, who I think is just a matter of time before they leave. I well, wanna, and, 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 and with Nainggolan, I mean, we keep seeing the, the same issues. Uh, you know, his, his wages right now, he's making inter wages, but he wants to play for Cagliari, and you can't expect to be making inter wages on Cagliari if it's a permanent move. I think he's making 3.5 million euros net, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, Nima, how do they like resolve that. this? Because, you know, Cagliari obviously uh, do not want to or may be completely unwilling to pay those wages. So, does Nangolan need to make a sacrifice, or is there a way yes. to, to settle Yes, this? he does. I agree. Yes, I agree. he does. He needs to make a sacrifice because he's not going to play at Inter. It's not working at Inter, and if he loves his character, then, you know, make the sacrifice. Um, it's easier to say when, you, when you're not in his shoes, but at the same time, you know, uh, Inter, he has been paid, I think it's one year left, and we're talking what Cagliari could do is offer him the same value of the contract, but over a longer period of time. Um, obviously, they don't want to do that uh, because it's a, it's a huge financial commitment. Um, yeah. But it is. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I think, you know, Inter still have to pay them for Barella. There, you know, there there are installments there. So, I mean, I think Marotta's got this. If I'm perfectly honest, I think he, he's he's the master negotiator. I think he will see what they say, and I think they will find a solution. I wanted to ask uh, Nima before we get into some Azzurri stuff a little bit of Lazio. I, I know, I know, Jerry will be happy because well, you know, I want to obviously... pick Nima's brain though. Because, Go ahead, because the wing back situation, you guys know better. This is this, if there's one position that Inzaghi really values, it's the wing back position. And the problem is, if he doesn't have a plan B, that's where he becomes vulnerable, and he'll overcommit to the same player and start playing players out of position. And that happened at Lazio, where he played Marisic on the left side, and he consistently used Lazzari on the right side. And as the season progressed injuries kind of lead up and he, he just didn't have another option. And like what happened? He put Marisic into the back because he kind of panicked, was using Lulic at left side, not the same player he once was. It was a big, big weakness. And I, I just think that if you guys don't have strong wingbacks, that kind of could really hurt Inzaghi. That's one flaw I, I kind of noticed with him in, in, in managing. So, like what? What is your right side like? And I, and I think that Lazzaro can can really turn his career around under Inzaghi. Um, I think it's possible. I'm not so convinced. I'm not so convinced um, because I think Valentino Lazzaro is way too too much of a. <laughs> 
some trolling for 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 Jerry there. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it's look, it's I, I, for me, Valentino Lazaro is is Lazaro is a player who who looks. He's a Premier League, La Liga player. He doesn't, especially in that wing back role. You have to be very. You know, it took Ashraf Hakimi a long time before Antonio Conte beat it into him about positioning and and reading the game. Valentino Lazaro, to me, just doesn't have that ability. Um, I think he's good at attacking-wise, but he's not defensively sound. And in the Serie A, the, you cannot, when you play a 3-5-2, you will be destroyed. You can't, like, leave an entire wing, you know, exposed. And, and I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I really do, because Inter spent a lot of money on this guy. But, um, you know, if it turns out that they can't sell... I mean, Inzaghi's been very clear. He wants... Most of these guys at the preseason training camp to see what he can do with him. I hope that he puts his foot down and says DiMarco's not going anywhere. Um, that because DiMarco and Darmian, the good thing with DiMarco and Darmian is that both of them can play to the left of the back three as well. Um, yeah. Darmian better than, than DiMarco. If you also find a way to sell Ivan Perisic to a Bundesliga side for whatever five, ten million euros, you know. That that's a huge salary that lifts as well. Then, if you can sell Hakimi and bring in, you know, someone like, Mar you know, if you can sell Hakimi for 70, 80 million, and then maybe bring Kostic in, um, for, for 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 or you know, using Lazaro as a part payment of that to bring down the, the fee, then all of a sudden you got, you know, you you got a left hand side with Di Marco and and uh, and Kostic, and then you you've got on the right hand side you got Darmian, and you need someone else, and then Zappa Costa. I would not be against that. To have Zapacosta and 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 Darmian on the right hand side, if your left hand side is Di Marco and and Kostic, I don't have a problem with that at all. Um, so 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 I mean you, you're just basic changing changing flanks from Hakimi to the right, but obviously Inter had two good 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 flanks, and I think Zapacosta can do a good job for Inter still in the Serie A. He was really good for Genoa last season, and he's a good Serie A player, and and I I think he'll do okay. What, what, I, I'm not giving up on him already. What's your what's your hold on? So without deals, because I don't believe in the transfer market until it's official. Because there's just too much freaking oh, no. bullshit rumors. <laughs> I, I've noticed now; it just drives me nuts. What is your wing back position right now going into the season? Right now, well, right now, Di Marco's back. It's Perisic. It's Lazaro's coming back. It's Darmian and it's Hakimi. Um, and let me see if I forgot. Oh, and Kolarov, of course. Oof. But yeah, but but well, whatever. Young. Yeah, no, well, actually, gone. actually, no, he's gone to Aston Villa. He, yeah. He, oh, it's gone. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's been made. Yeah, it's been made official. Um. So yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it, that that's where we are. I mean, it's it's a little bit, you know, it's it's a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, catch twenty two right now, Rita. Um. So they have to. Uh, they, yeah, they, it's, they it's, really it's, need they, somebody to replace Hakimi, or at least half of what he can do. Because that you take out Hakimi, and your wing backs are all of a sudden are very. It is a vulnerable position, in my opinion, like on both sides. That, that's just the way I look at it. You really do need Demarco to stay because if you Demarco leaves too, that's a big drop off in, in wing backs. And, and I and I see this right now happening where he's going to overcommit to the two same players all season on the right and left side. I see Inzaghi doing this because that's just the way he is. He has this trust issue that if, if he doesn't, if he falls out with Lazaro, he's going to just go Darmian and Perisic and that's it. All every game. I, I see this happening. 
I don't know why. That's why no, we got to hope he has options. I mean, we, we hope he yeah. has options beyond those two. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm excited about is that it seems that Alexis Sanchez is staying. I think he yes. can do something with, uh, with, um, with uh, what's his name, with Inzaghi. And I think that there's um, – I'm not quite ready to um, – I, mean, I still think that we'll, at the end of the day, we'll, uh, we'll see Caicedo at Inter. And I think he's a low option, like a low-cost option. Um, that I think is is good for Inter, given that I don't think you know Lazio don't want him to stay and and all that stuff, and I, he doesn't really suit how Sadi wants to play. And and I and if I'm not sure, I can't remember Jerry. You know this better than me. But when does his contract expire? Is it in a year? Next summer. Yeah, next summer. <laughs> so I think you know I, I don't mind having Caicedo as a backup to Lukaku. I don't. I, I we and we already know that if Lautaro is staying, since no one's buying him, Lautaro and Alexis Sanchez together that works you know so that that means that you know you can play a three you you, you can still kind of play the three five two but it'll kind of, i think it'll be more like a three four two one with lautaro and alexis kind of going between the lines as they do and lukaku being that sole number nine i think we're going to see that more and and then i think someone like chalanoglu will will, will play in that number 10 role or, or 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 a little bit similarly to luis alberto a little bit more further in between the number 10 and the number eight role kind of thing Real quick, uh, Nima, you've touched on it a little bit uh, with Sadi's arrival at Lazio, but it's it's something we hadn't uh, dove deep with you into. Uh, you know, we, we talked to you a lot on chat, but you haven't been on the pod in a little bit. No, since uh, since Sadi to Lazio was official. Uh, of course, uh, I've I've seen Jerry on my timeline with a cigarette in his mouth. It's just a, a wonderful, wonderful time to be alive. So. <laughs> What is your thought, Nima, on Sadi at Lazio and how the personnel could fit with his formation? Um, I think that Maurizio Sarri to Lazio is one of the most exciting things ever. I, I love it because Maurizio Sarri was one step away from taking over Roma. Instead, yeah. he goes to Lazio. Uh, you have Mourinho at Roma. I mean, those derbies alone between those two, the, the beforehand and during and after, is going to be delicious for the neutrals. Uh, as well as I think uh, the fans, <laughs> it's two very polarizing and, and divisive people, but in a kind of good way. The, their fans love them and their adversaries hate them, which is exactly how it should be um, to make a good derby. Um, then, but then, having said that, I think you have to um, you have to find a way to. Um, he has to find a way to get these players. I mean, I don't see Correa working in, in Lazio now because he, if he, if even if he plays a 4 3 1 2 or a 4 3 3, then they don't, he doesn't suit his system, I think. Um, so the, the Lazio will need wingers for sure. Um, I think I, th I saw something about Hisai being close to Lazio. Um, I think that's a brilliant move for them. I think that's a Sari guy, he understands what Sari wants. But then I'm looking, thinking, well, what are you going to do with Lazzari? Are you going to play him as a winger? Because I don't think he works as a winger. I think he's a wing back. Uh, he's he's good when he comes with speed. Wingers have to be able to do their men and dribble their men without any speed and space to attack. I don't see that with Lazzari. I don't see he has those traits, but I could be wrong. But, but Lazio definitely have to do something. They have a lot of business to do. I think the midfield trio of uh, Lucas Leiva, um, Milenkovic-Savic and, and Luis Alberto is that that's that's perfectly fine. Not not much needed there. May you know Acerbi 
you know, is a good defender. You need to the, the defense needs to be sorted centrally, and and wingers uh, and and Lazio have players to sell to bring in cash to to reinvest. They they do. They really do. If you could cash in on Lazzari, uh, Correa, um, Caicedo, you know that that's 40, 50, 60 million right there that you can actually buy good players with that suit your system. Well, I, I, I saw a report today, I think it was Padula, that they're no longer going to be selling Correa. And it seems like he'll be part of the plan. And actually, it's funny you said that because I actually wrote an article last week, which I haven't released yet, and basically why I think Correa should stay with Lazio. Firstly, you take him out, who provides goals now? He's he In the last three seasons, he's been the second most consistent scorer behind Immobile. You take him out, you, you got to have somebody who can provide the goals behind Immobile because that's always been the issue, is that where will they get secondary scoring behind them? Um, when he played at Sevilla, I actually looked up his previous formations, and he played in a 4-2-3-1 as a left winger. And I think that kind of benefits him. He was able to play 26 La Liga matches, and, and during that season, the 2017-18, he provided four goals and one assist in just over 1,300 minutes. So I looked at his, like, on transfer market, his positioning, and during Sevilla, he played left wing primarily. So he does have that that kind of background experience from his previous yeah, he does. He does. But playing as a winger in La Liga is a completely different thing than the Serie A. Um, and and I think that's that, that's basically what I mean. I mean, uh, I, I do think that if you, I mean, it depends. If Sari wants to play a 4-3-1-2, well then, what, you know, then then Korea is a shoe in for one of those roles, um, uh, either as a number ten role or as as one of the two. He can do both. He's really really good at that. Uh, but does he want to? You know, it it, it depends. Um, it it completely depends on what he wants to do. I think he goes with the four three one two for one reason. In order to go to the four three three, it's just a major overhaul in one yeah, summer. Yeah. That I've been saying this from the beginning, like. I agree that the 4-3-3 will happen. And I think I tweeted this out a, a week, a few weeks ago. And a person actually was commenting on me. And I was like saying, well, if you want wingers, you just you need four wingers. We don't have four wingers. You need two on the right, two on the left. We're far away from that. You need fullbacks. That's the most important thing first. Before you even can get to the wingers, you need your fullbacks because you know a back four is is the guarantee of the whole formation. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. That's your primary. That's your 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 target for the summer. You got to get your defense first before you can even think about going to the four three three, and we are far away from that. Um, the one guy who I do believe I agree with you is gone from here. Is the more I think about it, is Manuel Lazzari. Um, can he play as a right? Don't see. I just don't see how yeah. he suits. I, I really don't. And I think it's a shame because I think he was brilliant at Lazio. He was, no question. The, the price tag for him is twenty-five million. Apparently, that's that's what Latito has put on him. I don't know if you're going to get twenty-five but, million. But, for him. but that's but that's the thing. Like this is where I'm thinking that you know Sari's smart in this term, in this sense. I mean, what? Okay, so if you keep Korea, you keep that midfield. You have a very strong midfield, and then you have to have someone next to Immobile if you're going to play a four-three-one-two. Okay, so if do you play Korea as a secondary striker? Who do you play as a trequartista then? Do you bring in Jovetic, which has been rumored, but he's always been a little bit injured? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and he doesn't exactly help track back and, and not really good at pressure, putting pressure uh, and, and the high press that, that Sarri does. So 
you know, you need to, you still need to fill. Okay, do you, do you start with Morici? He could use him as a target, but that's not something that Sari's known of doing. He wants technical players and can run and put 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 high press. So I don't see how Morici. Do you know what I mean? There are quite a few questions. And also, okay, now that you've got Husai, if you get Husai, okay, do you play him on the left that he where he's not good, or do you play him on the right? If you play him on the left, well, then you have to get rid of Lazzari because Lazzari in a back four just doesn't work. Or you know, alternatively, you buy two central defenders next to Acerbi, one on the left and one in the middle, and you play the same way you know that Italy did or or Mourinho did with Maicon when Kivu was the left back. You had my or or Milan do with Calabria and Teo Hernandez, whereas you have one player marauding as a wing back, even though he plays in a back four, and the remaining three kind of go into like a inverted back back three if that make if, if you get what i mean so, so 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 there's a lot of questions to be answered and i hope for lazio's sake they answer them because they have a fantastic coach they have a great coach and they can they can really surprise teams i mean if if they were to buy i mean if they were to get someone i mean if they brought in jovetic and if they got rid of some of their you know unwanted players and they were able to strengthen defensively lazio with sari is, is going to be quite team to watch i have a question if i was thinking about this when i was writing the article like can you have korea any mobile up top and alberto behind them does that work because he has played you that absolutely role absolutely could you absolutely could that's what i was thinking that that's my first theory is that you keep a happy alberto because he wants to play high up the pitch and his defensive ability sucks i'll be honest like he oh my god it's not great at all, but when he makes a tackle, give him an applause. But I, I, I would start with Korea and a mobile up top. And, uh, and another question is too, right? Who do you have in the number ten then, Luis Alberto? Yeah, that's who okay. You well, well, okay. So, so you have Marusic in the in the mid in the in the like. Where do you fit him? Do you fit him centrally next to Leva and uh, Milinkovic Savic? You could do that. I don't see why not on the right side. Yeah. yeah. Because the, then you have a four-three-one-two. That's 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 a very that's a Sari team, and it's more than yeah. a four-three-one-two. It's more a four-three-two-one. Yeah, in my opinion, and it's really interesting. We'll see. I mean, there. But again, Lazio's depth problem has always been the depth, um, and that's what they need to do. I want to get into some Italian national team before, and and I think Jerry, you can confirm this. You did promise us we could close this episode later with a Jerry story. Am I correct on that? Yes. Yes. Would that be okay? You yes. promise. You promise. You promise because I, I know I know Carlo. Carlo was on with us at the beginning. I'm sure he wishes he could have been on long enough to hear I it know and he get does. back to work. At least allow Nima a little bit later to hear a Jerry story. Is that possible? Yeah, no problem. Okay, so I want to get to the Italian national team. And as, as my buddy uh, Brooklyn Rob pointed out here, and, and he, he told me about this before the tournament started, he did lock in a futures bet before the group stage began on the Azzurri at plus 750 to win the Euros. Now, uh, if you were to place that bet now through the group stage, they're at plus 500. So I think Brooklyn Rob surely placed it at the right time because I thought Italy were a little bit undervalued, very undervalued heading into the tournament. And the hardest work is yet still to come. Uh, they may be seeing Belgium in the quarterfinal. We know they're seeing Austria coming up in the round of 16, which should be an Azzurri win, barring uh, a choke job. But, guys, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we saw throughout the group stage, especially 
the Wales match from the other day, Nima, because I, of course, th there was heavy squad rotation. Um, and, I, and I thought even uh, the Azzurri's backups did really, really well. We saw the welcome back uh, for Verratti, who, and I, to me, I, I know there was some debate. Some people went with Chiesa. I, I thought Verratti arguably was was my man of the match. I thought he was really dynamic. And yeah, Locatelli had a, a great impact in, in the prior match against Switzerland, scoring twice. But I just think Verratti had so much more quality. Do you think Nima, he's got to be Verratti, a starter moving forward? Yeah, I think it's undoubtedly so that, that that's going to happen. Um, even though as amazing as Manuel Locatelli has been, um, it's quite clear that uh, when we when, when we saw Marco Verratti against Switzerland, the, the, the class is just, it's other level. Locatelli isn't there yet in his maturity and his intelligence and read of the game. Um, Locatelli is a fantastic player, and, and it just goes to show how deep of a squad, especially midfield Italy, have. But Marco Verratti just showed to me against Wales the the class that he possesses, the intelligence, the decision making, the creativity, how he creates things from tight spaces that no one else can see and don't do. It, it, there's no doubt in my mind that Jorginho Verratti and Barella is the midfield trio. I mean, it's just, Amen. it just is, it just is. And, and I think Chiesa, he, I think this is, this is the ideal solution for Mancini. He's got, he's already used 24 out of 26 players. He wants them all fresh and, and, and he, that it's That's going to be important for, for a long tournament. Um, and, and you're playing every three, four days, you need to have fresh legs and already against Wales. He, you know, he changed eight, nine, ten players. He played again twenty-four out of twenty-six players. A lot of them arrested. So they go into this game against um, Austria now, if I'm not mistaken. It's Austria, Austria. Yeah. yeah. And 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 he's got pretty much a full squad to pick from, uh, a healthy squad where everyone's scoring. Locatelli scoring, Pessina scoring. I mean, I said going into this European Championship that Italy's goals are going to come from the midfield. Well, they're all coming from the midfield now. Um, a few from Immobile, but mostly from the midfield, yeah. and 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 that's that's where the goals are supposed to come from for for Italy, given the the, the midfield they have. So I'm not, you know, I, I just cannot see how he benches Verratti, and yeah. I expect Chiesa to Chiesa to play as well more. I really do. J Jerry, uh, oh, is, is something ha I haven't turned on the Belgium. Lukaku just almost scored. Almost, almost, almost. Did he score? He almost scored. I was offside anyway. It reminds me, I've got to turn uh, the TV on in my background. You know, Jerry, I, I feel like I'm, I'm living in another dimension when I look at the numbers and the form that the Italian national team have been on now. 30 games unbeaten, 11 straight wins with 11 straight clean sheets. I mean, it's, and again, I, I know that the toughest matchups in this tournament are yet to come. And they, if they want to try and win these zeros, they're going to have to be tested severely you know if they get through austria to win this tournament you're gonna to have to get through the likes of of belgium france germany the netherlands who are looking very very good over their last couple of matchups so certainly euro 2020 is going to be no cakewalk but roberto mancini has this group playing as a unit and he's got them flying quite frankly and they're not conceding and and it's even like you look at the work or lack thereof that donnarumma has to do in net i mean this guy at times he can just lay out a lounge chair and just relax. I mean, he's not facing a lot of dangerous chances because the defense has just been so solid. So do you agree, Jerry, with, with the conversation, Verratti over Locatelli, and do you think Chiesa is the answer at right wing moving forward? 
I'm actually going to throw a curveball. I'm going to go Bastoni has to start on Saturday alongside Bonucci. That's where I'm going to go. And coming from a Lazio fan where people are going to be like, well, what about a Cherby? A Cherby hasn't been good this year. He, he's been decent, not superb to what he was the season prior. And what really hurt him down the, the, the latter part of the season was against Roma when he continued to play hurt and he should have came off in a meaningless game. And I don't think he's ever recovered fully from his injury. He came back. He he arrived with the Azuri not 100%. Um, didn't get that training he was supposed to. He kind of looked really rusty yesterday. He got burned down the wing. Um, I'm not sure if you guys remember that. He, he lost positioning, almost got beat, and that was a good chance for Wales that could have scored, but it was a recovery. Um, I thought Bastoni looked really mature yesterday. He he showed really good presence in the back. He was physical, and I think the biggest thing he did yeah. was take out Garrett Bale. And I thought it was a great performance from him. I, I know that Bale is not the player he once was maybe four or five years ago, but Bale is always Bale, and he can always perform at any time. He can always provide that goal. He, he's a game changer. And for Bastoni to come in such a difficult situation – to, to replace a guy like Giorgio Collini is never an easy task to do. Um, I thought he asserted him very well. And coming in in the second half was a Cherby, and he did even better than a Cherby and provided that, that, that leadership that many have always probably questioned or thought, can Bastoni do it at such a young age? And I think this is the guy who, who has to start moving forward. Um, I know people are going to think, is Chiellini going to come back? I, I honestly think he's done for this tournament. Um, and if he's not, he probably has 45 minutes in him for a game, nowhere near to playing 90 minutes probably. I, mean, I could be wrong, but I, I really liked what I saw from Bastoni. And as for uh, Verratti, yes, I, I, I tweeted it out today, Verratti's your guy. Mm-hmm. And I Nima said it perfect. You got a guy who has leadership, who, who understands how to play in that role. And he's got the experience as well. Oh, he doesn't really have the experience, unfortunately, because he's always been injured and hasn't been able to play at such a big level. But playing in Champions League on a consistent basis, playing in big games like that, I think also helps him and has allowed him to play at such a higher level as compared to Locatelli, who's only played at City A level and, and doesn't have that European competition experience. I think it helps a lot of these players. Um, the last thing is, do you start Chiesa or do you start Berardi? I think Chiesa, more quality. I agree with that. There's two. I agree. Chiesa was my man of the match yesterday. And I know I saw the stats. I didn't even know about the stats until afterwards. I love what Chiesa did yesterday, his speed, his intensity, his ability to get behind the defense. I'm just scared because Insigne – Immobile and Berardi have built this really good chemistry up front and it's gotten the best out of Immobile in, in every game that they've played together. Do you break up something that is working well for your number nine or do you go to Chiesa and, and just go with the best winger? Like it's, it's just two sides to it, I find. It's very difficult. Um, I'm on... Does it break it up? Who knows? If you had to choose without looking at that, I see yes. Chiesa is the better option over Berardi, but I don't know, man. It's a difficult – that's a difficult decision to really make compared to what you're picking between Verratti and Locatelli. Yeah, that's an easy one. I mean, any, any uh, Nima, any 
parting shot on that to what Jerry said that uh, I, I think we all can agree that Chiesa is the higher quality player over Berardi, but is there an argument to be made for the chemistry that Berardi has with uh, Immobile? I think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think um, for me, Berardi, there's a reason why, um, I think there's a reason why he's, he's played Berardi in the beginning of the tournament, and, and, and it just makes perfect sense to me what, you know, why he started that, because he, you know, because of what Berardi offers, cutting in from the left, and, and tactically makes sense when you have uh, Di Lorenzo on the right as well. Uh, it just makes sense. Uh, but moving on, the thing with you know, moving forward, you need someone who can break, break, give you an unpredictability. Federico Chiesa is good in the air. He's got good. He can shoot with both right and left. He can run. He can do you for pace. He can do you for technique. He can do, do his man for so many different in so many different ways and so many different you know you know different ways that he can do that. Um, you know, running past his man, dribbling past his man, things that Berardi is, is a little bit more of a one-trick pony. So that's why I would start with Chiesa moving on because the the level of, of players and the, the starting, the level of um, the the adversaries is, is, is just difficult, more and more difficult, and, and you need players with individual brilliance as you as you go along. Um, so that's that, that, that that's what I want. That's why I think Chiesa should play. Um, for the rest, I mean... It depends on the opponent. I think Austria, when you have Austria, I think that's a team that Italy should beat regardless of if it's Chiesa yes. or Berardi. So, uh, no, I, I expect Italy to qualify easily and fairly simply to uh, uh, to the to the to the quarterfinals without any hassle or problems or anything. By the way, I mentioned Brooklyn Rob locked in the Azzurri plus seven fifty before the tournament. Anthony Skanga actually had locked them in at plus 800. So we, we've got a couple of individuals in this chat who I'm going to be hitting up for money if Italy do manage <laughs> to win this tournament. I, I, know, I know who to borrow from. Uh, and before we wrap up this episode... Hold on. I, I, want, I want to say something. As much as we want these changes to be made, I want minimal changes to be made at the same time because you don't want to break up what has been working. Yeah, And, and I, I think it was on your pod, Nima, where you guys said that there was a one year olds where we, we changed the whole squad in the third game. I think it was under yeah, Arigo Sachi. Sachi yeah, it was it was it was Sachi in Euro ninety six and it was the second game where um what's his name? Um it was it was the second game uh where where uh, against Russia, I think, or was it the Czech Republic? I I can't remember. I can't remember, but because it, it was a really, really long time ago. But I, it was yeah. the second game because they drew against uh, Germany in because Germany was in that group as well, and they and Italy missed a penalty. Gianfranco Zola did, but um, no, either either way, yeah, um, it, he did that in the second group stage around, and Italy lost that game, and then they they were knocked out of the tournament in Euro '96. So yeah, but this was different. This was the last game, and and they didn't, you know, they already qualified for the second round, and it was just about winning the group. But but I mean, having said that, it's important in these tournaments to have play all your players fit and and going. And and twenty four out of twenty six teams, zero. I mean, Italy is the first team to have won in, in Euro European Championship history to have won all three all three group stage games without even conceding a goal. Um, and and he's done so with using twenty four out of twenty six players. It's it's brilliant. 
It really is. Jerry, before we wrap it up, my friend, we're going to bring back an oldie but a goodie. Do you have <laughs> one of your – I mean, do you even have any left? Do you have a Jerry story for Nima? I do. Although I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to jump off the Azuri thing yet because I have so many things in my head and Nima's here. I, I, I'll end it up with Chido Immobile because um, – and I love to hear Nima's take. Um, do you think that this guy can – be the guy in the next four. Well, just say in the next four games because that's what's remaining. Is he the guy that can finally take the Azuri to the next level? Because what I saw, the one player who I was kind of pretty disappointed with with Belotti yesterday. I didn't see much, in my opinion. Maybe the service wasn't great that he got, but um, I wasn't farly wowed by him. Um, as opposed to Immobile, where I really think that Mancini has really elevated his game to another level. As, as the more he's played under Mancini, Immobile has evolved into a new player. A lot of people want to say, hey, this guy doesn't provide goals. This guy doesn't provide goals, but let's let's be realistic. I thought that when he wasn't off, when he wasn't on the ball against uh, Switzerland and against Turkey, he was just as effective. His hold-up play was great. He came back came down low to help the defense, broke up passes. Um, his intensity is bar none amazing. Uh, on the attack, he, he's not selfish. He'll look out, He'll look for the outlet pass like he did with Insigne. Made a brilliant pass in the first game against Turkey. Got him down the wing. Um, this is a guy who has helped in so many different areas, and I, and I think he gets a little too over-criticized now because people are thinking, okay, if Immobile doesn't score, we fail. But it, it's not just Immobile. Like you just said yourself, Immobile is not the only driving force to this. It's even the midfield. And the midfield is, is the biggest strength, and they're scoring goals. And it's allowing Immobile to play more freely and more comfortably, like he does with Lazio in a 3-5-2. So for me, I, I think he will continue to be strong and dominant against Austria and whoever is next. I think this is the striker that Mancini is going to depend on fully every game, even if he goes into extra time, 120 minutes. This is his guy going forward. Um, I, I'm, I'm really impressed, not because I'm a Lazio fan, because I just think that he has really kind of adjusted playing in a 4-3-3 and, and is looking better and better every game. So uh, I... I think that he'll have a good game on Saturday against Austria. And the biggest thing is that scoring in the first two games really helped him because it really boosts his confidence. I agree. I agree. I mean, I was uh, I was a little bit disappointed by Belotti as well. I thought there were a couple of chances where I expected him to, to, to do better on. But it's quite clear that uh, Immobile is, is, is Italy's number one. Um, so, yeah, it, it's quite clear that it's... Uh, that that's what they're going after. Um, that's the that's that that's what he's going to do, uh, and and I think that's probably the right the right decision um, to 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 move forward given how, what we've seen. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I think I think Immobile has been great. I think Immobile, he's still. I mean, he made a few mistakes. One big one uh, in the second game missed a few missed his absolute sitter. But where where you expect him to score? But other than that, I think he's been faultless. I think you know the minor mistakes are not big issues. I think he does a lot of work that people don't recognize, such as the first press. That's something that he's never really been that good at. 
but he's been excellent. And I think that's what you mean when you say that he's evolved under Mancini, because he his his ability to that first press and to press high up and and as a cohesive unit, he's he's the first player that does that in this team, and he's done it excellently uh, uh, so far. So I'm not surprised. All right, I'm done. Now I can go to Jerry's story. Story time. Yeah, now I've, I can I've been do waiting it. all week for this, man. <laughs> waiting all week. <laughs> Which story? Okay, I'll, I'll tell the one where I when I told you guys offline that I flooded the toilet at one of my stores. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> so, so it was a, uh, I believe it was a Friday, oh, and I was at my uh, Loblaws, and I go to this to this upstairs, and I have to use a washroom, so I go to the. The customer washroom and it's locked. It's not locked. It's out of service because they're cleaning it. I'm like shit, man. So I go into the employee washroom, and I do a number two and everything, and I flood the toilet. And I'm oh, like, God. oh fuck! I said, I go. This thing is like it's done. It was bad. It was to the edge. I think I've done this four times already in the store, but this one was good because literally an hour later, I go downstairs and someone in the back room is like, someone flooded the employee washroom. And I started freaking dying. I'm like, oh, shit, that was me. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, someone flooded the toilet. It's really bad. It smells like crap upstairs. Oh. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was so me. So, like, literally months later, I told somebody I actually flooded the toilet, and they were dying. <laughs> it's happened so many times in the store where I, I don't understand why they don't buy like operate washrooms that can actually flush and provide power that can suck it up and not like some minor like easy flush and it just doesn't do anything but it was pretty funny because when i went to the back room i didn't ever expect an employee to actually mention about the washroom when i was there and i started yeah. laughing i was like oh boy i was like i was sweating that day but did they suspect you or did you just get away with it until you eventually confessed oh no i, I wait until no one's in the washroom and i walk out Oh my god! <laughs> I don't tell them. Are you kidding me? Excuse me. I flooded your toilet, and I, I I need a plunger. Can you help me? No way, man! I got a company shirt on. It's like no way. Screw that, man. Freaking. Oh, oh, or even on Saturday, I was about to tell a customer to f off because how how annoying is it that people leave the buggies in the middle of the aisle? Does that does that occur with you, Nima? Grocery stores there where they leave it at the end of the, the uh, one uh, end of an aisle. And they walk all the way down to grab a product. Oh, and God. then they go all the way back up. It's got, you... it's got wheels. Push it with you. How hard is that? What are you in a freaking workout diet here? Or what the heck's <laughs> going on here? Like, it's my biggest. Oh, I, I bite my lip when I'm at work and I have to see people so stupid. Go with your buggy. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. Absolutely no sense. Go with your like, buggy. That's that's a motto to live by. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the point, man? Like, I see people like these. You guys have like those Uber shoppers, or whatever, like online shoppers. Yeah. On the yeah. Road. Oh my I've God. never used that service myself because I, I just I don't really trust other people to bring me my groceries, and I'm also oh. I'm not lazy. I like I like my 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 laziness does not outweigh how cheap I am, and the idea <laughs> of like the idea of paying another person a fee to shop for me, I'm not quite lazy enough or rich enough to think that's a good decision. It's so bad. I, I, I don't want to say the store that I service just for confidentiality, but a, a person shopped for a customer. It ended up being the the president of the company. She out of, she out of stocked half the order. She or he, I'm not sure who it was, but oh my god, it, this resulted 
in a massive tour of the store and they came all week. The the store manager was on holidays and like she had to come off holidays to make sure like to come address and everything. You don't know like these online shoppers, you don't know who it can be. But my point is that they don't shop what they're supposed to. They don't grab everything that's available in the store and like you, you'd be surprised what these guys do. They're they're, they're on time. So they just pick anything. They mm-hmm. they rush. They go. They don't. When it's fruits and vegetables, they don't care if your meat's green, black, or right. purple. They grab it and that's it. Um, it's very rare you'll you'll get people who actually care about shopping. They they make massive tip though. I know a lot of a few people who have been tipped like fifty dollars to a hundred. Thing man, why do why do I want to tip somebody to do a task I could easily do for myself? It's... Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I agree with you." Well, I no, I, 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 I don't know. Crazy. I mean, during this, uh, this whole COVID thing, I've, I've used that quite a bit. Like, uh, the, the, what do you call it? People shopping for, but it's not people shopping. You go to the store and you pick out what you want. But I agree with you. I mean, I try to do like when it comes to vegetables and fruit, I want to pick that up myself. But I mean, yeah. the stuff that's like in cartons and shit. I mean, you know. Who cares? <laughs> I got oh. shit to do. If someone else can do it, I'm, I'm happy to pay. <laughs> well, I want to. I want to offer a huge well, online grocery uh, actually, but there's like yeah. different ways. We have there, there was one I used to work at called Grocery Gateway, and oh. that was actually very well organized. It was specifically just just for online groceries, and that when I worked there, it did almost like a million a week. Unbelievable, man! Like wow. you, you, yeah. And that was when it first started out. When it, we we all, I helped set it up when I was working at this at this uh, grocery chain, and you, it's grown big time. Online grocery is massive. You'd be surprised surprised how much it does a week and how many people actually prefer to buy online now. Huh. And with and with the pandemic, it has massively increased it. Okay, like, I bet people no, I, no people's thinking are, is way different now. People are more accustomed now because of the pandemic because they're home and everything to actually buy online as opposed to going to grocery stores. It, it's insane. So yeah, I, I live in Florida. So I, you know, we, we haven't, uh, we haven't worried about the pandemic in Florida. At least my politicians haven't in about a year. So it, it is what it is. But I want to offer a huge thanks to everyone who tuned in today, participated in the chat. For everyone watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you realize you can also subscribe to the audio-only podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Podbean, wherever you get your pods, you can subscribe to the audio version, which is nice. You can take us with you in the car, on walks, all that good stuff. And if you're listening to the audio, keep in mind you can watch us on YouTube. You can either watch us live when we broadcast, or you can catch the video replay a little bit later on. Huge thanks to Nima Tavale Rudsari. Uh, Nima, thank you so much. And let people know where they can find your work and where they can find your excellent pot. Well, thank you very much. Um, well, if they want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Nima Tav R-O-O-D. If they want to follow Inner News at a, at, a, at a speed and level that is kind of high even for me this year this month is insane it's only 21 21 20 days into june i'm exhausted but <laughs> i'm not going to complain uh yes yeah, semperinter.com semperinter.com and, and the italian football podcast patreon.com slash tifp or at itafootpod on twitter really good stuff and, and for those who uh who missed the beginning of the episode we also had carlo garganese on who is also on the italian football podcast with nima so make sure you follow carlo as well jerry thank you as always sir uh I, you'd mentioned a little bit earlier a piece you were working on on lazio and you've also been pretty active on serpents of madonina so where can people find your work 
Uh, J Mancini eight. That's pretty much it. It's the same thing every time I, I talk about what I'm writing. But I'm on holidays this week, so I, oh nice. I, I'm debating if I want to write or not for this week. I've been trying to to, to, to come to like an agreement with myself that I should just turn off Twitter and like sports for like a month and just get away from everything and just go back. To- you'll go crazy. <laughs> You, 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 you'll 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 have fun for like a day, and then you'll miss everything. I guarantee you. That's what the problem. That's the, that's the problem. Like, like I need to get. I need to learn how to separate. It's so bad because Twitter becomes way over like controlling, mm. and like I, I don't know how to like not separate myself, which is not good. No, but. it's not good. Mental health always comes first. Amen yeah. to that. Amen to that. Well, you you guys can follow me. At Alex Dono on Twitter, uh, you can uh, check me out. Of course, uh, on this pod, working on a couple of other <laughs> projects, should be able to announce very soon. So we will talk to you guys again on another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. Ciao.